0: Been. It's been a couple of weeks, really, since we've
1: sat down to chat. Well, today in particular, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm in a festive mood because it is that all-important occasion when Duke has been eliminated from the NCAA tournament. So, happy times.
0: So, it's either, in, in this order, UNC winning and Duke losing. Well, actually, there's
1: a, one more in between because I actually dislike Kentucky even Kentucky. more than Duke. Like, I know that's blasphemy as a UNC fan that I'm supposed to hate Duke the most, but I actually have respect for that rivalry and um, and Coach K and whatnot. Whereas I have zero respect for John Calipari. So uh, Kentucky losing first, then Duke, UNC winning being the, the top priority, but that that was over pretty quickly this year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's Villanova, which I guess I'm rooting for, although it'd be fun to see uh, a team, the school from Chicago, the high rank, it'd be fun to see them win.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nova won, the, the, the one recently, they were there again, like, you know, it's, I, I'm okay with somebody else getting there, um, especially if it was Loyola and, and their cute ancient nun.
0: <laughs> How old is she, like? 90 or something?
1: <laughs> I'm sure I've been told multiple times, but I actually forget exactly how old she is.
0: Yeah, so it's been a pretty hectic week. Uh, what have you been up to, other than celebrating Duke losing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I think the last time I talked Which about it. Which is a little
0: of- vindictive, by the way, but you know, <laughs> I, I totally get it.
1: Look, you know, there's some years I can tolerate it more than others. Those are not the years where Grayson Allen is on that team because, quite frankly, I, I don't think he should have still been allowed to be playing college basketball at this point. But that's a whole other conversation on a whole different podcast. Um, well, in I terms have to deal of, with
0: the Flyers losing once again to the Penguins and Sidney Crosby, who obviously is an amazing hockey player and has a lot of talent. Right. But yep. he cross-checked one of the Flyers and more or less the back of the neck – if not the shoulder blades from behind and didn't get a penalty. And the crew announcing crew for a good 45 seconds was, man, what a great play by Sidney Crosby. And finally the play by play guy is like, that should be a penalty, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, well, yeah, yeah, but he gets away with a lot of stuff. It's like, oh, right. He's so unlikable. If you're not, (laughs) if you're not a fan of the penguins. So I totally get specific hate of a player.
1: Well, I mean, hockey, I feel like in general, it's a little bit more gray and that a lot of that stuff is kind of a part of the game. You know, goons have been sort of an accepted idea in that game for a long time. But the shenanigans of Grayson Allen are just not an accepted part of the game. And I I think it's unfortunate for all involved, especially – coach k that they've they've chosen to kind of overlook that because he gives them the best chance to win and but anyway he's not going to be a relevant
0: nba player is he
1: i don't think so i mean i'm sure somebody will give him a chance i would be pretty surprised if he was you know somebody that mattered at the at the nba level i'm i'm not a great nba mind i i often feel that watching the nba is kind of like watching paint dry but um you know, I, I I don't watch him play and think of oh, that. That guy's going to be huge at the next level, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, speaking of the NBA, it was just, we had 60 minutes on because my wife was watching it, and there's the whole Stormy Daniels thing, which I don't care too much about. Right. But they did a, a really nice profile on the guy from the Bucks, the Greek freak, uh, Giannis, mm-hmm. yep. and he just seems like – the nicest guy ever. <laughs> so I just, I actually wrote a thing on Twitter. I was like, well, you know, a lot of people tuned in to find out about the you know dirty details of this affair or whatever. And they were treated to one of the more heartwarming stories I've seen on television in years.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like, this guy's amazing. Um, so, That's good. The world, the world needs more of that. Right yeah. Now. The world does need more of that. So um, between him and I grew up a Sixers fan. So, the process, the other seven foot guy Embiid, right? Yep. So again, we we gravitate towards sports ball. That's what happens. I'm and I got you to say sports ball. know. Uh, I'm not <laughs> not a fan of the term. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm sorry, you asked what I was doing this weekend, and that is a, a less exciting story. I'm. I, I think the last time we did this, I mentioned I was at this sort of final point of of my licensure program that involved a lot of just kind of writing and and that has bogged down a a lot more than I originally had anticipated Um, and there was much anxiety and stress around it this week but it it looks like I'm I'm mostly done with that so we're I I think maybe this week I will be
0: done done we shall see good well good luck thank you yeah I was writing as well but something a little bit different yeah, I was trying to ask how how your week was. Uh, it was good. A lot of a lot of family time we had. Some folks over at different times from my wife's family this weekend. So, they got some quality Hugo time and mm-hmm. uh, for the most part he cooperated. So that was good. <laughs> uh, some of her coworkers came over today for lunch and so it was just busy. I did my mm-hmm. mall walking thing both on Saturday morning and Sunday morning. So, Getting steps in and I've been toying with this, not really toying, that's not a fair word. I've been pondering the idea of, I don't know how much I've shared about this, but my brother died last year and it was by suicide. So that was obviously something that continues to be upsetting, but I am kind of making a conscious effort to talk a little bit more openly about it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was just writing, which was something I was thinking about and trying to figure out how to word it, was asking people through social media who knew him to, if they feel so inclined, to send me just memories, stories. Yeah. It like, doesn't have to be anything serious. doesn't have to be anything long. It could be funny. It could be sad. It could be whatever. Um, but I want to put it together because his boys he had two sons they're yep. nine and ten i believe and what i'd like to do is just collect all those things now organize them into some kind of book and then when they probably like graduate high school or something mm-hmm. be able to share that with them and the reason i want to do that is my father died suddenly when i was eight and right I would have liked to just have more. It's going to sound nerdy, but more data about
1: his life. <laughs> that is the probably the nerdiest way of putting it. Well, I, think I real most I, people understand what you mean. Well, and I'm
0: trying to not turn this into like a, a, a "This Is Us" episode or anything. Um, <laughs> But,
1: but both of our lives have kind of been "This Is Us" episodes yes. over the last year. So yes.
0: that, just, that just might be the title of the episode. <laughs> Maybe NBC will be like, "Hey, you know, we we have trademark. Right. Get these guys as writers, right? Um, but no, like I've always thought, like I should even I think when I was younger, like I should track down my dad's coworkers and his friends, right. and Just to talk with them from for 45 minutes to an hour of like, hey, tell me stuff about my dad. And I think a lot of that mm-hmm. happens naturally mm-hmm. soon after somebody's death. But as time goes on, and again, I can just talk about it from firsthand knowledge and it's anecdotal, right. but I think you just start to gravitate towards the same stories over and over again. <laughs> and yeah. they just become almost like a myth. Like, right. There's just not a lot of. Again, data. (laughs) (laughs) So, and how I knew, you know, what I, I could tell a story about my brother from the same evening that would be from one perspective and somebody else could tell it Mm -hmm. from a different perspective and it'd be different stories. And just, that's interesting. So, yeah, for sure. I, and I don't know if anyone will write back. I I imagine some people will. I just, I had also said like, you know, don't write it on Facebook because that Mm -hmm. just seems like it could go in a direction that would be weird so right. i just like posted my email address and said hey if you feel up to it send send me an email with something yeah. so we'll see what happens i i just actually just before we started this podcast i just sent that out so i could wake up mm-hmm. tomorrow morning and maybe somebody's <laughs> yelling at me or maybe somebody's who knows I'm, I, I think it's kind I of nobody is request. yelling
1: at you over that uh you know concept but
0: it's it's a tough situation for all of us so
1: absolutely and and for the record i i don't think that we've really talked about this on the i think we've kind of tiptoed around it a little bit i can't remember if if it's been explicitly said at any point or not to be honest with you yeah but you know i think it's a really cool idea um And I I hope that people do respond because were I and, you know, better than anyone, were I those um, two boys like having that at some point would be huge. And, you know, he was a (laughs) he was a multifaceted person for sure. And I I hope people give you some different sides uh, uh, of that, because I think there's there's some parts of him that were kind of larger than life that I think people tend to kind of gravitate towards when they tell stories, but you know, that's not the whole picture. So I, I hope you get some of everything.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful too. And I, you know, I, I felt you know good about putting, putting that out there as, as mm-hmm. an idea. I mean, he, he died last June, um, which not coincidentally is when our podcast stopped going away <laughs> Uh, right, because you know we were trying to do this pr- rather weekly, and, yep. and both had just life happen. Yeah, life so, got heavy for a while. Yeah, <laughs> and it it still is. And i I've been pretty open about it on Twitter. It's not something I am writing about all the time, but right, I've you know it it happened, and I am dealing with it. And I see a, a therapist and talk about a lot of things, but certainly over the past. Eight ten months, however long it's been, I, that's been certainly one thing we focused on. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I certainly miss my brother, and um, and I also said this in the post. I was like, yeah, I, I want to do this from the boat for the, his boys, but also selfishly, like I want to hear, yeah, about his life from the perspective of other people. And I think well, absolutely, and I do think because it's another survivor of suicide told my wife once you know you're grieving two things you're grieving not only the loss of this person but the fact that they chose to end their life and they're two different things Yeah. so I think everybody in his orbit which was pretty massive is mm-hmm. still struggling with yep. that you know myself included so mm-hmm. um, so yeah that, that's what I was writing before we got started
1: Mm. Well, I'm I'm glad you talked about it. It's uh it's a lot more important than anything else we were going to talk about this evening. So
0: I don't know, man. That Jack White album is really weird. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it's kind of Are we gonna transition to that right to, now? To purposely lighten the mood. Um and I imagine I like, you know, I feel comfortable talking about that a little bit and we'll probably a topic we'll come back to. Um but, yeah, I think we we have both discussed um,
1: you know, our plans to sort of incorporate some of what's been going on for each of us into this podcast over time as we kind of feel comfortable doing it. So I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. And if you want to talk about it more now, we certainly can. We don't have to go right to
0: that disaster of an album. No, that's fine. And I just encourage the millions of listeners that if you do have – Issues. be willing to ask for help, talk to a counselor. There's the uh, suicide prevention hotline, which is a 1-800 number. It's toll-free. Somebody's always there. Um, Like I said, I I am a therapist, and I have a therapist, so I'm certainly a big believer in in just routine mental health treatment. So, um, you know, take care of yourselves, and if you're worried about someone, it's not going to hurt to ask about how, Absolutely. how they're doing and to encourage them to get help. Cause I think a lot of us feel like, Oh, well that person will bounce, they'll, they'll get through it. You know, it seems like they're down, but they'll, they'll get through it. And some people don't.
1: Yeah. And you know, I've, I've, ag- And granted I, I, we're both kind of in the mental health field um, or have been. And so, you know, I've had people sometimes when I'm struggling say, you know, Is everything okay? Like do I need to be worried about you? And personally I'm always really appreciative when when people do that. I I understand that some people may be less so or less understanding of that, but I think by and large, people when you do sort of break through that surface level with them and, and you know, show that you care. um, you know, generally it's appreciated and no matter what, it's never the wrong thing to do. Like, if somebody's mad about it, let them, let them be mad about it because, you know, asking is, is better than not.
0: Right. You're not going to put the idea into somebody's head by asking. No, absolutely and not. there's a pre- previous episode where we, actually our first episode where we recorded soon after the suicide of Chris Cornell and talked a lot mm-hmm. about just these more general mental health issues. And we recorded that a few weeks before my brother did this. Right. So I don't think I've gone back to listen to that episode yet. Cause it, it'll, yeah. it'll be pretty chilling to me. Right. <laughs> um, that'll be an exposure exercise I do at some point. Um, though <laughs> just encourage folks to, you know, take it seriously, you know, yep. take care of each other and take care of yourselves. But yeah, let's just, I've only listened I'm, – I'm shifting gears. I've only listened mm-hmm. to the Jack White album once, and it was while I was exercising. So I was not incredibly locked in. But you're <laughs> you're now the second person today who I've checked in with.
1: Right. And I
0: would consider the two people I checked in with, yourself included, to be music snobs. Mm-hmm. People who I would say, hey, what do you think about this music? And I would feel like I would get a very nuanced – up or down vote of like, <laughs> right. this is good music. This here's why, here's why it's really creative or ingenious, or here's why it's really terrible. Instead of just someone who listens to it and is like, yeah, that's trash. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And the other person who I asked is a much like me, a huge Jack white fan mm-hmm. has seen him in concert multiple times, has gone to, mm-hmm. I think it's third street records in Nashville has yep. like been there and, almost done a tour of his background and stuff like he still mm-hmm. I trust your and his judgment so I listened to it and I was like huh and I, I kind of got the sense of like yeah there are a couple good songs but it was just weird like really strangely electronic and produced and sound effects and just strange like right. how how you have a much more nuanced vocabulary of these things so what were your thoughts
1: well, so you know i I knew this was out there, but I just hadn't gotten around to listening to it um and he's coming here later on this year and playing at a venue that I enjoyed, and so I had kind of dabbled with do I wanna to try to go to that i I've seen the white Stripes twice that's, I think that I've never seen a concert the, it was always something I wanted to do right, and both of those shows um were amazing um so you know i have a lot of respect for him um i I do think you know last time we did this we talked about sort of that uh idea of the person versus the artist and how much one weighs against your appreciation i mean i think he is like most of us is a nuanced person i think there's some things he's done and said and that are not so (laughs)
0: likable well (laughs) you were talking about that last
1: episode Right about yeah, and so we don't need to get into that. I'm just saying, like you know, as it's an artist, to I've had a eccentric, yeah, l- <laughs> for sure. But you know, I nobody appreciates being eccentric more than me. But I think, you know, he's done some things that I, I, I as a person, I would have a problem with. But again, you know, we all have done those things. So
0: I have not punched anybody in
1: the face right and he most definitely has that was one of the things that i was thinking of but um in in any case a lot of respect for his career and things that he's done i love the loretta lynn album that he's sort of produced and helped co-write a lot of songs and he guests on that and plays guitars and blah blah blah. he's had a million different projects and he's done a lot of great stuff um and, and but you know you said this album seems kind of overproduced, and you know, I I, I don't know. It, <laughs> I I don't have a problem with using the studio as an instrument. I don't have a problem with using you know keyboards, other electronic instruments. All of these things are fair game for me, but it, it just there is something about this record that just just. And granted, I've listened to it today only, but it just, it doesn't feel right. Um, there's songs on it that sound like other things that you've heard. Like there's a song on there that really sounds extremely, extremely derivative of, um, do you know uh, Apache by the incredible Bongo band? Do you know oh, yeah, what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, it. Basically, do sounds I know like,
0: Apache? Who do you think you're talking <laughs> <to? laughs>
1: I mean, it, it sounds like you listened to Apache and wrote kind of a bad knockoff. There is literally a song on there that he kind of raps and it it's it's pretty painful to listen to. Um so here's uh, you know, I'll try to be charitable. To some degree, that you know, sometimes you have to kind of try new things and kind of move in a new direction, and maybe it works, and maybe it doesn't, and you kind of learn from that, and and hopefully good things will come. But, um, yeah, it, it a lot of stuff on this album range from just seemed kind of just didn't sound like he was having any fun. Like I don't really know where he's at and what's going on, but it just sort of the joy of like what makes the white stripes great. And some of his other projects didn't seem to be there. Um, and then, yeah, there were just these moments. It was like, he's trying on these other things and they were sort of like, felt like he would, you know, had been influenced by something pretty directly. And yeah, it just, it's a mess. Frankly, the, have you seen the cover of this record?
0: Yeah. It's like b- blue and black and white it's like it, it's like his face but it's almost kind of melting isn't it yeah, the cover's ugly like everything about this
1: record just d- does not work for me um, so i'm wondering so
0: this was kind of the initial thought of bringing this up cuz right and it sort of ties into our last episode about like can you separate art from artist and you know the artists we enjoy sometimes we don't enjoy all of them but we enjoy some of their art so but just sequels in general so and obviously this isn't i mean it's a sequel of sorts but he's been putting out music for a long time it certainly has a style so much of a style that weird al yankovic has just a fantastic original song (laughs) based on jack white and other music that sounds like jack white have you heard this
1: I have not heard it, and and the first thought that came to my mind was that Jack White seems like he's probably the kind of person that didn't find that amusing
0: at all. I don't know the story there, but it's called, he just, <laughs> Weird Al abbreviated the song CNR, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's just a rock ballad in the style of Jack White about Charles That's Nelson Reilly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow! I need to go find this because nobody loves some Charles Nelson Riley more than me. It
0: is amazing, and it just gets more and more ridiculous. It's like Charles. It's almost like the Chuck Norris meme, <laughs> right. where you know I forget all those jokes, but it was like you know,
1: yeah, Char- no, I know. Chuck
0: Norris doesn't sleep; he waits, and it's right. like that. That's what the lyrics are about of just how much of a badass Charles Nelson Riley is, which right anyway. So, like, he has a style, and it's a style I very mm-hmm. uh, much enjoy. I, the White Stripes albums, I love. The I can never pronounce the other band he was in, but they have two albums, I, I think at least two. The, what's the R- Rackateurs? Is that how you say it? Oh, yeah, yeah, Rackateurs, yep. And then so like, yeah, he's he's several other projects. Yeah, yeah. and it, like the song Carolina Drama, I think it's on the second Rancour's album. It just mm-hmm. sounds like it's he's having so much fun. With that whole mm-hmm. vibe, mm-hmm. that whole story, and this album, there didn't seem to be a whole lot of joy.
1: Yeah, this album sounds it. like there's you know there's many stories over the years of someone that is like obligated to do another x number of records or songs for a label and just wants out of their contract and just like
0: poops out crap to to, to be done, and that's kind of how this. <laughs> well, and maybe that's it. I mean, Ben Foltz has a, has a funny song about that. Um, so, like, we want – I think if you like a band or you like a movie, and this came up about Star Wars, Is like you almost – like you want the movie to be the same thing but different. And if it gets too different, then people get really upset. It's like, well, I w- we want you to develop as an artist, but not that much. We're not in that direction. And, again, I think you likely have a more nuanced take on on this from the music end of how much experimentation – either in the studio or different instruments or different styles of music. Like how much is okay versus how much is maybe somebody getting lost in that exploration?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, again, like I was saying before, like I, sometimes, sometimes you have to, what's the cliche about having break a few Break. Yep, exactly. So hopefully this is just eggs broken um and and that's fine it's just i mean art is subjective so maybe there are people out there that dearly love what he's doing here like i found it to be not good um but i personally i don't have any um You know, I think when we talked about this a little bit texting, you know, the the idea you were bringing up was sort of this we want people to stick to what we really love them for as an artist. Yeah. um, And not stray from that too much, but at the same time, not just keep rehashing the exact same thing because then they're just, you know, milking it for money or, or whatever the various things are that people get mad about. If you don't really take any chances as you go forward. Um, and like, you know, I appreciate it when people do something new and different. Um, but sometimes you do something new and different and it's just not good. And I, I don't know where his head was when he did this, but to my ears, this is just not good. And I did incidentally do a quick, um, Search and found that um, you know we're we're not alone in our feelings
0: on this. <laughs> well, I was reading because I was curious, I was, and we just happened to get in the mail. I was reading the Rolling Stone with like a little blurb review, and they still gave yeah. it three and a half stars. And then I was kind of thinking, what would he have to do on an album to get less than that?
1: Well, I went to the hipster uh, mecca. Probably not anymore. Probably now it's not cool because it's been around too long. But you know, Pitchfork for a while there was kind of where music nerds went to be music nerds, and they gave it a four point seven on a ten point scale. Oh, okay. I was and, gonna say
0: out of uh, five, like that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. Uh, and the review is is. I think pretty um, you know, this person acknowledges some things that they're doing that might not be kind, but all in all they're saying like that you know, this is <laughs> not a good record and had many of the same issues that you and I are are having with it. Um, you know, for instance they're saying the worst part about it is he doesn't even seem to be having fun, which is kind of one of the first things that I felt when I listened to it was like I don't really Well one of the get, things I get what you're doing here.
0: Sorry to interrupt. One of the things I've yep. really enjoyed... I think my favorite... Again, I haven't seen him in concert, so and I still want to. Like this Yeah, you sh- I should probably
1: rectify that. Maybe not this tour, because <laughs> you might be subjected to this record a lot. But, well, you
0: know... Hey, this... Uh, he has already produced so many enjoyable like pieces of art for me. Like, I, have, I, would, I, I would hate somebody to be like, oh, man, these guys hate Jack White. It's like, no, like, I... It's just right. what your expectations are. It's like, oh, like new Jack White album, awesome! I can't wait. And then it's like, huh? I guess I could have waited. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I, again,
1: like, if I didn't make this clear before, like, I'm firmly in the camp of, you know, those White Stripe records were monumental in terms of, you know, rock music was pretty in a pretty uh one of the words i want to use here just Ross. nothing very exciting was coming out and um you know they were very much part of that that movement of like oh like here's people like kind of stripping it back to kind of the basics and making it you know really fun again and i saw them in concert twice and the amount of like just sound that came out of him playing a guitar and uh, Meg playing really simple drums was like, uh, I mean, just some of the best shows that I've been to. So I'm, I'm a huge fan. Um, it's, <laughs> but you know, but at the same, same time, like this record just is—it's not good.
0: Well, and it's like ten years to me. To me, right. it's fine exactly. if
1: other people yeah. listen to it or like this exactly. is amazing. Like I have, I have no issue with that.
0: But, and one of the things I was going to say about Jack White is I haven't seen him in concert, but one of the Indelible memories I have of him is from the "It Might Get Loud" documentary. Have you seen? Hmm. Have you seen this? You
1: know, I haven't, but the oh, the, you got to <laughs> rectify that.
0: So the, the um, it has the Pitchfork review.
1: So that's that might be a uh, a problem. Yeah, that's definitely. But Jimmy Page, so you know. But no, the uh, Pitchfork review actually um, mentions that as, uh, you know, part of their wrestling with who Jack White is and how they feel about him because they talk about... Well,
0: there's this, maybe, because um, I haven't read this, inter- this review yep, go but i will see if it's the same thing, and I- I'll be really mm-hmm. happy with myself if me, you know, newbie, just casual music listener, has the same thing as some Pitchfork review. I would find that kind of <laughs> right. funny. Mm-hmm. But there's a moment in It Might Get Loud, which, again, is this documentary with... It's Paige, uh, The Edge from U2, and then Jack White. Mm-hmm. And it's they do some background, like kind of documentary type stuff where it talks about them as an artist, each individual. But then they're just sitting in a room on mm-hmm. a sound stage of sorts. And, you know, every once in a while, like some of them will play music. And so Paige gets up and just starts banging out a whole lot of love. And mm-hmm. they capture – Jack White in the background with the biggest poop eating grin on his face like so mischievous like his eyes are gleaming like he can't believe what he's like watching and it just struck me as like here's this musician who has been like one of the coolest people on the planet by 2008 for quite a while and he's still mm-hmm. starstruck by Jimmy Page and it was well it was just like really it was just cool it like made me a bigger fan of him
1: <laughs> that's that doesn't surprise me. I mean, if the early White Stripes records, like the two before the one that really exploded um, for them, like they're you know they're they're definite um, songs on there that are you know love letters to Led Zeppelin at best, <laughs> you know uh, copies um, at worst. Right. I mean, you can tell he was a huge fan, so that doesn't surprise me. No, the moment they talked about was him writing in a limousine and talking and the writer's opinion seriously about, um, prophesizing that it was going to be a fist fight to meet up with these people, which, um, is kind of some of the less appealing part of
0: his, his personality. Um,
1: but it doesn't sound like that actually occurred. So.
0: Yeah. Well, there's another thing. I think the start of the documentary is him making a guitar out of some wire and Coke bottles. Mm -hmm. And then he starts, somehow he starts, obviously there's a few other things that he puts together to make a, this weird guitar and he starts playing it. And I think he like looks at the camera and says something like that's rock and roll. And that's how the documentary starts or something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he just seemed like this quirky guy who just makes this amazing music that I enjoy. And, um. The, the album that I listened to this weekend did not fall into that category for the most part.
1: <laughs> yeah, And I think he is a quirky guy. And I think Which is fine. He That's is cool. great. For sure made a ton of music that we both enjoy and um, frankly a lot of people that make music that you would enjoy part of that is being quirky and sometimes that comes out in good ways and sometimes in less good oh. ways and unfortunately this record might have been... <laughs>
0: the latter category. I remember being on, kind of on the other side of this where I grew up a huge Pearl Jam fan. What? We, unheard of. This is
1: breaking news. We've never talked about this
0: so far. So all in <laughs> on like every album so you know 10 versus Vitology and then it got to No Code mm-hmm. and I listened to it and I'm like this is different. I like this. It's different. It's not like their first album's but it's still Pearl Jam and any new Pearl Jam album is likely something I'm going to really enjoy and find meaning in some way. Um, and there's still a lot of, I, I think actually that album is underrated, but I would say the vast majority of people by no code were out and right. You can say rightfully so or not, but I remember being a defender like in different conversations. And again, I was younger then. So you took these things much more seriously where you like defend your bands or you, you kind of, I think now in my 40s, I'm less inclined to get into arguments about such things. Uh, <laughs> right. But, yeah, I just remember a lot of people are like, oh, that band's washed up. They, they're they done. They're not really relevant anymore. And I I mean, they were always popular, but I just mm-hmm. st- stuck with them. And then their next few albums, like, by, uh, like Riot Act, I don't think a lot of people – that kind of came and went. A lot of people didn't like it, but I – was certainly on board by then like st- till then and then in recent years they've kind of resurfaced as like oh yeah pro jam we all respect them they're great but there was a mm-hmm. there was a good I don't know five ten years in the middle of their career where I don't I think it's fair to say there was a backlash to how popular they got and also that they were experimenting and doing different things um so maybe this is just that part of Jack White's career where he's you know, on stage as some kind of caterpillar, like Eddie Vedder,
1: <laughs> hey, right? doing
0: weird stuff, and then on the, he'll come out on the out on the other side, and he'll be a better musician in person for it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I, there's a, like, because yeah, I, I could nerd out on this stuff all night. There's a lot of things, and and what you just bring up, and and like one of them is this idea of like when somebody is kind of the new hot and everybody loves them, and then you know they have a career like they have a third album fourth album a fifth album and a lot of times you know just by the very nature of like now they're not that new hot thing like people will kind of lose interest or sort of devalue what they're doing um and it's not always fair but at the same time you know there are those people these groups you know pearl jam is probably a pretty good example where like they have their super fans like they have people that like They could cut a record where Eddie Vedder just, like, farts into a microphone, and there's a core group that would be like, that's genius. (laughs) You know? I think I'm a little bit more discerning than that, but... I wasn't saying that you weren't. I'm just saying that these people exist. Like, that they become really invested, and, like, this is just one of the greatest bands or performers ever and it doesn't really matter what they do they're they're gonna find a way to sort of justify rationalize whatever they they
0: do it's interesting and hold hold whatever thought you have because it it brings up something to me and i'm going to use some nerdy language once again that you'll probably get a kick out of nice but like in the general population i'm probably a good two to three standard deviations above the mean in terms of Pearl Jam fans. Yeah, I agree. In terms of like how much I've listened to their songs, how many concerts I've gone to, just how much their music has taken up my brain over the past mm-hmm. two-plus decades. Yep. And yet when I go to these concerts or many years ago when I dipped a toe into the Pearl Jam forum – through their website and trying to like, Oh, Hey, I'm a fan. <laughs> like there's so many people beyond me. Sure. And it's, you almost feel like you're you're fandom, like you're not a real fan. Like, I don't, I don't really know <laughs> that much about the guys. You know, I don't know a lot about their personal lives. I, I certainly know a lot from like documentaries and articles, but there's other people who have been to, 20 30 300 shows and have this encyclopedic knowledge and not that that's intimidating but you think like you're a big huge fan and you're a circle of friends and then you you enter another world where it's like oh yeah i don't really know much of anything about this group i feel like (laughs) such a fraud
1: (laughs) which is an interesting topic too like there's so many things we could talk about here because i mean you are any fandom Right, but you are a huge Pearl Jam fan, but there's always this, like, you know, I'm a pretty big Tolkien nerd, but there are people that have taught themselves how to speak the elvish language that Tolkien created. And So why are you I'm, such a
0: slacker? Like, get on it. <laughs> right,
1: you know? Um, and And those people do have a way of sort of making you feel like, oh, like kind of a poser <laughs> right exactly <laughs> but i don't think that i don't think people should feel that at all like yeah. you know it's it's okay to just be a, a human being and be really into a band without knowing every bit of minutiae about them and you know what if that's your thing and like you love that so much that you want to teach yourself elvish or <laughs> know what eddie Vedder got on his you know third birthday for a present you know that's great like Cool. Do your thing. But, um, you know, I think the only part that I have a problem with is when then people sort of they go down that road and then they kind of look down on everybody else that, you know, is not, you know, a fan like they are. And it's like, no, you can still be a pretty big fan, but just, you know, also not have gone quite down as, you know, far down the rabbit hole as you have. And and, you know,
0: both are, are legitimate. So I interrupted your thought earlier with my whole standard deviation talk. Right. And I don't – I have, probably I short-circuited it.
1: I have no idea what it was, but I will interrupt our broadcast with this. Uh, that's really a weekly feature. we
0: got to get that sponsored
1: by somebody. I know, right? Uh, indeed, if you're listening, I am currently drinking your Midnight Rider. There
0: you go. It's fine – Well, why don't you reach yeah. out to their people and uh, see what happens? <laughs> we we did that we need to add them
1: when we post this and see if we can get a sponsorship going
0: well i i uh i added the uh brewer we talked about a few weeks ago and crickets so i don't know we're uh not the social media mavens that we uh pretend to be (laughs) right we got to keep working on that yeah so anyway uh I will. I wanted to follow up on your suggestion from I think it was last episode or two episodes about Saint Vincent. So, oh yeah, I was diligent, and over the span of the last week or so, I listened to all of her albums at various times. Um, <laughs> well, that's very admirable. Yeah. So, it's definitely. Again, I think some of it is has a lot of production. Um, some of yep. it works, and some of it seems more kind of that same sort, uh, kind of experimental of let's see what this sounds like. And this works like, Oh yeah, sure. Put it on the mm-hmm. album. Um, <laughs> but some of the songs are, I think as the albums, as she progresses, it seems like the tempo increases. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, I think it's, oh, there's a song from like an album or two ago. That was really It's called like bad behavior or something like that was a good song. Uh, hmm and the the mass seduction song, I really I've listened to that a few times over the past few days. Yep. Um, I did listen to that album with her and David Byrne. It was
1: yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I don't know if you did. It was
0: kind of trippy. And again, I've listened to all these albums like once, or I've listened to a few songs again another time. So I'm not yep. a huge connoisseur, but I thought that was a good recommendation. Good. I'm I'm glad you you
1: did that. I hopefully somebody else did too. I did. It. You know, every performer has some songs so once they have a catalog of more than one or two records that tend to be, you know, a little bit unnecessary or throwaways or whatnot. But I, I just, you know, I, I think she's an amazing performer and just, you know, the, the music that she writes, the lyrics that she comes up with, et cetera, et cetera. Like
0: they, they, they work for me. I think if that would have been the title of Jack White's album, my review of it would be higher. A little bit, a little bit being. unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there was some self-awareness yeah, right. about this, exactly. then you'd be like, oh, and, okay. And, I, maybe this maybe this is all, like, some walking Phoenix, he's in on the gag type of thing. I don't know.
1: Right, and, you know, that's totally fair, because that is part of the problem that I think sometimes people, including myself, have with Jack White, is that you do not have the feeling that there is that self-awareness, that, like... This just—it all feels really serious to him sometimes, and it's like he's at his best when he's able to take that passion, but temper it a little bit with like having fun. And um, you know, if he was able to maybe laugh at himself just a little bit more, I feel like things would
0: would come but, off some better. But if he was that way, would he be able to produce the type of art that he produces? It's a
1: good question. And, and, you know, I think, you know, we all go through phases in in our lives where like we're better and worse about these things. And so I I feel like Jack White of, you know, approximately uh, we're getting old. I'm starting to do dates in my head and realizing, Oh, holy moly, he's been around longer than I realized. But the, you know, Jack White of, you know, maybe ten years ago, did have a little bit more humility and self humor, maybe than Jack White of right now does. But you know, again, I don't know this person. Right.
0: You know, but just I, we, we I can't imagine this. what it would be like to be him. And mm-hmm. I, what I can only imagine, he comes from pretty humble beginnings. Like, well, he's from tr- right. Detroit, so from I mean, de- that's that's a given, right? Yeah, from Detroit, <laughs> and then you know, as a. I don't know. How old was he when, like, the white stripes took off? About twenty. Uh,
1: when they took off, you know, I don't know, give or take. He might be a little older than you than you realize when they, you know, assuming you mean when they took off, like, Pop- you know, popular uh, We're getting played on MTV and stuff like that. Um, two thousand and what? Two thousand three or so? Two thousand
0: like two? Two thousand three?
1: Well crap, now you're going to make we're we're
0: gonna like go it go down up. the Google hole. Right. <laughs> but anyway, early 2000s. Yeah, so White Blood Cells was out in 2001 and they were already big by then. Or that was the al- Well, that I means that that was, that was, the, that album. was the breakout. Yeah. And Elephant came yep. out 2003. So yeah, between 2001-2003 and then going forward. But just how many people thought he was myself included like just one of the coolest people on the planet? Like how much did he get mm-hmm. told that by everybody? It's. I imagine it. It warps your sense of perspective.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, and this is true of people of a lot of different professions. I mean, we have this problem with professional athletes. What their perspective <laughs> <being> warped, <laughs> right?
0: There are um, so many and- players from the NBA in the '90s who would disagree with you. <laughs> Talk about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Oh, God, I love Iverson. I know he also yeah. is somebody who is a complicated person, and there's things you don't agree with. But right? he was a fun player to watch.
1: Yeah, he, almost, mean, he so... almost
0: he almost beat Shaq and Kobe. I mean, almost they lost in five, but they won game one in L.A. And I, I, I could dream. And my roommate at the time was a huge Lakers fan, so that was a <laughs> that was a fun 24 hours. That right. then it got miserable pretty quickly, but. <laughs>
1: But anyway, I mean, you you bring up a good point. I mean, on the one hand, it is difficult to be a person in the public eye, a person that's sort of perceived as being this, you know, huge musical. I I hate to throw around the genius word, but you know what I mean. You certainly become an icon. Yeah, really highly regarded by, um, you know, people that like to nerd out about this kind of stuff. Um, you know, but on the other hand, like right away, you were pretending somebody is your sister. That was your ex wife, <laughs> you know? So, you know, he's been complicating and, and,
0: and cultivating an That's image
1: right. kind of from the get go. Well, so.
0: It's like before the, I mean, obviously the internet existed then and you could find that out, but the, it's amazing how long right. that persisted as just, urban legend type of thing
1: right you know I I think once they got big with, with you know the White Blood Cells album you know the musical press sussed it out pretty quick but you know they had been around since uh, you, Wikipedia is telling me 1997 and that was something that like a lot of people actually believed about them was like this is a brother and sister <laughs> you know right. so you know he's been cultivating image and creating myth around himself kind of from the get-go um, and
0: well and you wonder is this par- is this album a part of that myth making? <laughs> you know, this album
1: feels more like I have, I have the ability to just go into the studio and mess around. And I felt, yeah, well, I don't even know if we get paid for it because, I mean, and I, I don't know the, the um, logistics of this record. But like, if he's putting it out like on his label, like he may or may not really get paid by it if people don't like it, but. You know, it just feels like he maybe has the ability to do it and was messing around and on a Tuesday thought, yeah,
0: this is pretty good. I like this. Let's put this out. (laughs) Jack White is not going to listen to this. But on the off chance that he does, <laughs> I don't want to get punched. We love your music. If Jack White listens to this, I will be
1: really excited, <laughs> and I'm willing to go get punched in the face for him to tell me, you know, why he disagrees. If with you just because. like hang out and like have some barbecue with you first, like, hey, can we just chill? Yeah, if if afterwards we can, you know, hang out and have some beers and talk about other stuff, I'll I'll take a, a punch to the face. Like, you know, wow.
0: <laughs> what other celebrities can punch you in the face? We'll just start, you know, a whole trend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, it's,
1: ahead. it's weird because, uh, you know, I think maybe we've talked about this before on this podcast, but like, I am not a big fanboy for, for lack of a better way of putting it at this point in my life. Um, you know i i i think i've talked about this same exact thing somewhere else but like i remember having a discussion with a friend where he was like you know if bob dylan sat down on a plane next to me like happened to have the seat next to me like i wouldn't know what to say with to him and i found that concept really weird like this is another human being like <laughs> you know like yeah he's made some really amazing music but he's also just a person and and so my reaction would be like Uh, hey Bob, (laughs) you know, love your music. Like that's sort of the jumping-off point for me. But so, like, I don't mean to sound like a total like, oh, you can punch me in the face and blah blah blah. But I'm sort of using that, right, in a joking way. But like, you know, I just, I would be, you would
0: be more than interested to pick his brain
1: yeah absolutely um and and there's a lot you know like if i could you know i would give up a fair amount to sit down with say robert plant and just get to have like a person to person just hang out and talk stories um you know w- with someone like that not because like i think he's like this paragon of like oh my god like but just like love their music have since i was a little kid like it would be really fun to sit down and talk with this artist about where things came from and and whatnot like i i have a huge admiration for what they did combined with an appreciation of like you know this is another human being which sort of ties into what we were talking about last week of why i can listen to an artist that maybe has said or done some things that are less than desirable and be like yeah but this is still an amazing piece of music like you know this recognition that people are human beings not whatever it is we try to build them up as in in our society
0: well this has been fun because i've i've i know we talk about games and gaming and stuff a lot but i think this does tie very much into the whole concept of our podcast in the first place of Talking yep. about our art changing relationship to hobbies, and I mean, I think art certainly falls into that. Whether it's movies or music or, for sure, or, um, you know, anything else, comics, anything else that comes along. So, uh, I didn't think we'd talk for a you know half hour about Jack White, but it was a good time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, seventh grade Chris would completely disagree. Like seventh grade Chris would have, like, you know, peed his pants if you know Robert Plant had walked into the you same. You still might room pee your me. pants if Robert Plant walks into the room. No, I would not pee my pants, but I would be really, really excited to to get to talk to him. Um, maybe above you know most most people out there. He's, you know, for all the things that you know are out there about Led Zeppelin and you know what they did over their careers and ridiculous things that happen like at this point in his life he seems like a ridiculously um just nice person to hang out and talk to i know he's he's kind of been doing a press junket recently around a new record and he did like an interview with dan rather well, and you should so
0: definitely just- watch it might get loud i think it's still on netflix so it's uh it's awesome
1: yeah, I don't I don't know why I haven't gotten around it to might, it. It might
0: be um, the edge, which again you know <laughs> for, for sure the edge. You, is you might have to fast adding. forward some of the edge sections with your your what? thoughts about him.
1: Oh, one day we could talk about uh, you know my best friend growing up, Brian and I have a, a joke about the edge and sort of the one riff that it feels like he played throughout the um, you know mid to, to late 80s. But anyway, that's not. <laughs> well, that's part of it. <laughs> and right I now.
0: couldn't. I, I always was like overinterpreting Jack White's responses facial wise when he was listening to the right. Edge talk um, mm-hmm. because they show Jack White and he comes from like it's very stripped down. Like you were saying, it's kind of getting back to basics and mm-hmm. th- the edge has to hook up to like five different machines to get his guitar to sound the way he wants it to sound. And it's just a different,
1: right.
0: I mean, it's kind of interesting watching the documentary. It's different approaches, you know, producing obviously popular music and very mm-hmm. meaningful music to people. But this, the different approach was pretty stark between the yeah, between those sure. two performers. And yeah.
1: And to, to be completely fair really my issue with you two has not so much to do with the edge at least so far as I know it's it's other people in that band and just kind of how seriously they take themselves that have brought me wrong since since the late 80s so you know the Edge is, is who he is and you do made some really amazing music that um, you know connected with a lot of people just me a little bit less so than
0: than some others well I, I think I'm going to make an executive decision and not have this episode go over an hour, like the last, like, like the last one, partially for my <laughs> oh, own puppy. sanity, because when I edit these, it takes me half as long, or, no, twice as long as however long we record. It seems to take me about twice as long to edit. Right,
1: man. If you know, we talk music. I, you know, I can ramble for forever.
0: So. But things we didn't get to that were kind of on our list of topics possibly were, you know, my diving into X- XCOM two. Which has been fun. I've yes. been enjoying that. I have quite a lot of thoughts on that game and experience. Good. And yep. you were uh, you were kinda hankering to maybe talk about Facebook data, which
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hankering might be the wrong word, but it was just kind of one of the issues of the day and
0: you know, maybe we wanna maybe we wanna get into it and maybe we don't, I don't know. It's I, and I have a lot of friends and colleagues my age who are very thankful that Facebook was not around and social media was not around when they were in their more formative years when they're well, and I have, I have several good friends that are just
1: vehemently refused to get on social media, especially Facebook. And, you know, they're feeling pretty good about themselves and patting themselves on the back right now. So, <laughs> so stay tuned, stay tuned for that.
0: Right. Uh, if you want to jump in, To the conversation of sorts, you can contact us on Twitter. It's the easiest way. I'm at the id dm, T H E I D D M. And Chris, how can they find you?
1: And I am at geek zinga, so geek
0: zinga, all one word. Uh, So why don't we go out on a note from the latest Jack White album and you can.
1: <laughs> I provide, love some <laughs> commentary. A note. <laughs> so, uh, this was the one that hurt me the most. It's the one that he kind of wraps. Mm-hmm. But I like this speed Like the music, like I'm okay. A little loud. Okay, I'll, I'll dial it back a little bit. Yep. Yeah, so we have kind of that almost metal interlude here. Double kicks. Wow. Yep. But here comes the rapping.
0: Oh, come. I mean, it ain't easy, but I'll try to explain. Everything in the world gets labeled and named a box. A rough definition, unavoidable. Who picked the label doesn't want to be responsible? Truth, you're the one, is the
1: keys to the prison. You create your own box, you don't have to listen. Britain, your yeah, I I love you much, Jack White, but but that 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 hurts a little
0: bit. I don't know. I I almost <laughs> I almost just to be a contrarian. want to be like, hey man, that's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I definitely encourage folks if you like Jack White to listen to the album like you're you'll probably find a few things on there that you enjoy i mean it's still jack white doing it's not him doing jack white things as often as you think it would be i guess that's that would be one way to review it (laughs) well it's him taking chances and yeah you know sometimes we hit and sometimes
1: we miss and that's fine
0: so anyway that's uh that's the jack white album so thanks everyone for listening and uh we'll see you next week ish Right. <laughs> so, thanks for listening, folks. Take care. Mm-hmm. <gasps>